everyone, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name's James Dixon. I'm wishing you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you are joining today's podcast from. The podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage so hello to everybody welcome to today's podcast and um welcome to our guests on today's podcast who i'm delighted to say joins us from the beautiful new york city so across the other side of the atlantic we welcome val sarnev val thanks for joining the podcast today thank you james i'm glad to be here thank you for the invitation not a problem at all. Great that you can join us. And uh, Val is the CEO and founder of Conference Pulse. Um, we're going to find out about uh, more about them as we progress through uh, today's episode of the podcast. But um, Conference Pulse, if you go to their website, conferencepulse.com, um, the first thing you see is that it says that they help event sales and marketing professionals to find and secure relevant sponsors, exhibitors, speakers, and venues. So, Val, we've welcomed you to the podcast, but uh, first of all, I suppose, give us a bit of history about Conference Pulse, um, how and why it was started. Of course. So my background, James, is actually on Wall Street. I'm originally from Bulgaria. I came here in New York City many years ago, and um, I went and worked for Credit Suisse, the investment bank, for many years, for 10 years, where I did investment banking, strategy, and consulting for the senior management. And as part, of, as, as part of my strategy role, actually, at one point, I also had to uh, help manage the events portfolio of Credit Suisse. And at one point, I was tasked with a very simple project, I thought, which was to go and find out uh, what sponsors made sense for the events that Credit Suisse organizes. Sure. And also to find out uh, what our competitors are doing in the space, mainly UBS. So I thought it's going to be a simple task. I went out there in the public domain, James, and it was a black box. I couldn't get any information on what I was looking for. And, and the, the question was pretty simple. So I thought I'm going to Google a few things and I'm going to put it together. And yet it took me a month to put together a simple spreadsheet. So this is when I realized that there is a huge white space when it comes to the data for events and the events mm -hmm. industry itself. It's extremely decentralized in the public domain. And yet about $512 billion are spent per year for the entire events marketing uh, sector. And yet there is not enough data transparency out there, which is why I decided that it makes sense to launch Conference Pulse with the idea to centralize, standardize, and aggregate that information that will provide insightful data and predictive analytics for event professionals to be able, as, we, as you said, and as we mentioned on our website, find and secure relevant sponsors, exhibitors, speakers, and venues. Now, uh, of course, we're going to find out how, how this works and what benefits it has to, um, to uh, conference organizers and event organizers. But I suppose I I'm going to ask a question that may or should have come later in the conversation, but I'm going to throw it in there straight away. And that is that this might not be just for conference and event organizers could this have just as much relevance to companies themselves who are looking to find the right events to sponsor so when they have their conference their sponsorship budgets allocated every year they have there are so many events out there that they also need to find the right ones that are suitable for their sponsorship that's exactly right james and actually before we launched the company i did customer discovery with with many many professionals including to your point sponsors exhibitors speakers venue holders, and also organizers. Mm -hmm. 
So you're absolutely correct. The platform itself is multifaceted. It, it does address the needs on all the different constituents depending on who you are as part of, a, uh, of the events industry. Mm-hmm. So may, we have actually a few clients who are sponsors and who are exhibitors and are looking, uh, once they log in, they look on our database, we have more than 20,000 conference and trade shows already aggregated. Mm-hmm. They can filter based on attendees, number of attendees, based on location, based on, on uh, for example, social media activity, etc. And this way they, can dis- they find out which conferences might potentially make sense for them. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, actually, James, what is also very interesting that we have many other clients who also use the platform as a competitive intelligence tool, especially on the sponsor side. Again, for example, um, let's say, and I'm not saying that's a client of ours, uh, but let's say uh, Microsoft is looking at the platform so they can see what Oracle is doing from a conference standpoint, which events they're, they're sponsoring, which events they're organizing. And this way they can compare and see what, how they stack up against their competitors, so to speak. The sure. same with any other company in the technology sector, which is the one we're focused on right now. For example, Google uh, versus Apple, or you can you can you can pick any company you want to. But uh, this is how this platform is also used, and we also actually have speakers for our clients. So they're looking for organizers to potentially book book them as keynote speakers. Sure. So when it comes to if I, if I'm an event organizer. And I think, right, okay, I, w- I need sponsors for my event. I could go onto your platform and I could input all of the various different um, variables that, that are relevant to my event. So how many people are attending? What type of sector it's servicing? How many speakers there are going to be? How many exhibitors there are going to be? Lots of different scenarios or, or variables. And then it would potentially show me the sponsors who've sponsored events that meet the similar criteria. That's exactly right. This is exactly how the interface plays out and the UX and UI of the platform. It's very simple, very intuitive. There is no need for any training. You just log in, you click on one button, which is the filter button, and then everything is self-explanatory, obviously. So you can also filter by average number of attendees for each conference. So you can see who's sponsoring what. And then once you click on a specific sponsor and you get access to their profile, you can see all the conferences they have sponsored that we have aggregated. You can see... Uh, something which is very important, actually, James, you can see the, um, the key contact details of the key decision makers right. of that sponsor, right? So there is a big lead gen component to our platform in addition to the intelligence aspect of it. Yeah. And you can also see uh, who are, who are, who, who are um, the actual um, social media, what are the social media accounts, which venues they have hosted events at, which venues they have sponsored events at, what kind of speakers they have engaged in the past, the sponsors themselves through their speaking engagements. You can see how many attendees they have reached through their, through their sponsorship mm-hmm. um, engagement. So it's a very extensive, uh, very informative kind of platform. And you get that data instantly, real time, which the big value add for many conference organizers out there that are already our clients, including, for example, O'Reilly Media, is the fact that it takes, as you can imagine, a ton of resources and time to collect this data. Mm. And that's the immediate value add that we have for organizers. We save them a ton of money and time, which are obviously correlated the two, and aggregate that information, have it in front of them real time, instantly. From a development point of view, when you were, when you were building the, 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 the platform, um, 
how have you been able to source this info and, and, and how difficult is it to actually maintain up-to-date records of this? Is, is it a very time-consuming process for you as a company to actually collate and, and find out all of this data? Yes, and, and that's an excellent question, actually. So I think that's the, one of the biggest value adds we have uh, as a company, James. As, you may, as I mentioned previously, the time we save people to collect this uh, information is immense. It's, it's truly transformative. So for us, the way we aggregate the data to answer your question, we use more than 120 different sources in the public domain right. to aggregate the data via technology and algorithms. We use machine learning to standardize the data and, and centralize it onto the platform. And we also get it directly from people themselves. And we have a team of, of 20 data entry experts who also actually look at the data and make sure the quality and quantity is maintained. So, so there will be a, uh, almost like a verification process where they'll, they'll find who the latest sponsors were for a particular event in 2017. And exactly. they, they will actually do some manual research to, to, to check that that's accurate, that that was correct. That's um, correct. And it could be as simple as going to that event's website and seeing the logos of those sponsors on there to confirm that that data is correct. Exactly. That's exactly the process, yes. And, and so prior to, prior to actually launching, when you had the idea to do this, you mentioned yourself that going back to when you're working for, for Credit Suisse and, um, and, and working on their events and trying to source this information yourself, when you then had the idea to create a platform that, that, that could do this for other event organizers, um, how long was the process of creating the platform itself and building the software? And was that something that you had to outsource? Did, did you have the capability and the skills yourself to actually program the software? Or did you have to find people who had those skills to marry up with your own skill set? So actually, I have a co-founder. He's the CTO, and I'm the CEO of the company, as, as you mentioned during the introduction. My co-founder is actually, this is our second startup together. We've been working together for five years now, James. So we know each other very well. He's a genius developer. He programs in about nine different programming languages. So he's really good. And I also actually have a background. I graduated uh, from St. John's University here in New York City, undergraduate degree in computer science. Right. And then I have an MBA degree from Cornell University. So I have that mix of business and computer science technical background. Yeah. But he, he's the one basically developing everything and programming and coding it. So that's how we built it up. It took us about, uh, for the MVP, the first version, about three months. We got our first client about seven months into it. And we're only about uh, 12 months since the inception of the company. Really? So, 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 uh, so you're, you're a year old and, and how much, yes. um, how much change and adaptation of the platform has there been in that first year? Yeah. So at first, as you can imagine with any startup, it, it's tough, right? It takes a while for people to understand, to trust you, but uh, we managed to get uh, quite a few pretty big names, which some of them are mentioned on our website, on our homepage. Mm -hmm. And we managed also to get uh, people and, and event professionals from all different spectrums, as, as, we decided, as we discussed before, James. For example, we got organizers, we got sponsors, we got a speaker to be a client of ours. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we saw that, and most importantly, our, our potential early adapters saw the value of our platform very early on. So they didn't need that much of the trust aspect of it, which obviously inherently you don't have as a startup because nobody has heard of you, right? Sure. But just the platform itself and the product itself sold itself, which was the important part, right? We wanted to make sure that people see the value and that value is 10 times in what the perceived kind of cost is to them. 
Sure. So yeah. That's kind of what we always wanted to build. And for us here, James, we're, we're in the long term. This is a big play for us. We want to ultimately create a huge market network where all event professionals can access our platform, interact, connect at a much more efficient way underlined by the data sets that we have already centralized. Sure. And we're going to keep on improving that because you understand it's a constant ongoing process. Well, indeed, it, the, the, the sponsors will change every year. You know, there, there will be right. some sponsors that exactly. are very loyal to certain types of events. But similarly, there will be sponsors and companies that move their sponsorship. There will be new events that, that are created. There will be old events exactly. that, that, that cease to exist. Um, and so things are constantly fluctuating. And one thing that I wanted to, to ask you is, is you're talking to us today from, uh, from New York. Um, and I'm sure a lot of your clients will be North America based. Um, is all the data that you've collated so far relevant to, to, to sponsors and, and relevant to the marketplace just for North America? Or is this, uh, is this expanding globally now? So we're um, the majority of the data sets and the data and the information we have is um, America's focused, US focused. I wouldn't say North, but US focused. But we do have some information outside the US. But mm. as a startup, we need to focus on, on what is important right now and be pretty narrow. And, and you probably know, James, about 40% of the entire conference in the world take place in the US. So once we take care of the US, by definition, we're taking care of of sure. half of the world's kind of uh, conference, but eventually most definitely want to focus on, on, on the UK, of course, another huge market, potential market for us, and obviously Asia-Pacific as well. Sure. So we do have global ambitions, but uh, it's still early to focus on that. Now we want to focus on the US. Yeah, and people that are, that, that are using it, it, this may seem like a, a very, very um, simple question and an obvious question, and people make it kick me for it when they listen to it, but <laughs> it, it, this has obviously been, been developed as a, as a software platform. Um, when you created it, did you need to create mobile versions of it? You know, I can imagine that most of the time the people using this will be office-based. There will be people who are sat at a computer looking That's to correct. find sponsors for, for, their, for their events, but did, did you need to create mobile versions of this as well for people to be able to use when they're outside of their offices or is it just uh, computer-based, PC-based at the moment? Yeah, at the moment is PC-based, computer-based. To your point, James, uh, it's mainly used by enterprises, by, by professionals, by sales professionals or business development professionals within an organization. So almost by definition, they're, they're usually in their office and they're working on it on their actual uh, uh, PCs. However, eventually we might build some a mobile version, but currently we're PC-based. Sure, sure. And uh, one thing I noticed that, uh, when you go on the website is um, on the homepage, if people go, go, go to the website and scroll down, you'll see some, some headline figures um, uh, of some of the stuff that Conference Pulse can offer. And there's 20,000 plus conferences and trade shows listed on there, 60,000 speakers. Um, yes. And I suppose uh, speakers in the events industry are always looking for somewhere new to go to, aren't they? They're, they're always looking to take their particular talk or their topic to, 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 to new events and to new conferences and to new business events. Um, have you had experience so far of, of speakers and people coming to you and saying, can I be listed on your database? Or is it very much a case that you've sourced all the information yourself? No, actually, we have both. We have sourced a ton of the information. Obviously, not all the 60,000 speakers have opted in in a way that they have come to us, in other words. We have sure. obviously aggregated that information. But we also have uh, many speakers that actually came to us and said, this is a brilliant idea. We're very interested in it. We want to get our name out there, to your point, James. Mm. 
but also um, many of them are actual professionals. They work in different companies. We have some really high profile people uh, on that list of 60,000 plus speakers. We have CEOs of Fortune 500 companies there. We have, um, we have uh, also CFOs, founders, all kinds of different professionals who work for different companies. Mm. And then this way you can go and again, you can filter by, by title, by company, by location, and then you can get a sense of who are the right speakers for your event, uh, potentially, and you can contact them through our platform. Now with the speakers, since many of them, as I mentioned, are high profile, uh, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, yeah. what we do is the double opt-in. So you sent an email, we asked that specific person whether she or he wants to connect with you and if they express interest, then we do a connection. Otherwise, obviously, the connection doesn't happen. Sure. Because so one thing, you want to make sure nobody gets pumped, right? Just as you can well, imagine. Well, that, 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 that's the thing, you know, data collection and, and data management is such a big issue now. Of course, exactly. With uh, GDPR uh, and everything else, we have to be very careful and yeah. make sure that we're compliant, yes. Indeed. And, 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 you know, I know that that was a, and we discussed it at length on the podcast um, in, in previous months and in the run up to it becoming, uh, going live, if you can call it that, that, that it wasn't just going to affect European data. It was going of to affect course. global companies because of how many people move in and out of the international events industry. You know, it, it was going to be a big issue for it. Um, when you, when you developed this um, scenario as it going back to what I mentioned about sponsors and people changing and constantly fluctuating um, how much of your time is spent collecting new data and how much of your time is spent refining the existing data if you can call it that because there must be a quite a lot of time that has to be allocated to making sure that contacts are constantly kept up to date and that the right people are, are allocated to the right companies that's correct. So actually, I would say, I've never thought of this. It's an excellent question. I think it's, I would say maybe 40, 60, actually. I think 40% uh, is, is spent on uh, making sure that the past data already aggregated is, is uh, actually uh, up to date. Mm -hmm. and, it's, um, and the quality of the data is pretty high. And also, I would say about 60% collecting all the other new data and aggregating that standardizing, standardizing it and centralizing it to the platform. Sure. With the ability to, to input certain criteria in the way that uh, an event organizer could input the, 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 the figures and the, the, uh, the information related to their event to find a sponsor, mm -hmm. um, could it, is it also applicable for people who visit events and who visit trade shows so the attendees the actual audiences you know is, is it theoretically possible for them to use conference polls to actually say right we want to find out more about this particular market you know where are the good conferences where are the good shows where are the good events that we can go and and, and find, you know go to as attendees so currently our focus is on actual professionals less on the attendees themselves um, so that's why we want to position this as the platform for the events professionals to use to connect better and to get enough information and intelligence to make more informed decisions and thus save time and money, right? So it's less the folks on attendees, but hypothetically, absolutely, anybody can join in and look at the 20,000 plus conferences you saw and you mentioned on our homepage mm -hmm. and decide which ones make sense for them to attend, Sure. But beyond that, obviously, the applicability is limited. Or maybe they, they want to see, for example, a specific speaker. Where has that speaker spoken at and, or where they're going to speak in the future? Yeah. And maybe if I'm interested as an attendee to listen to the speaker, I would, I would like to go to that event. 
So to your point, James, there, there is a lot of applicability there for attendees, but that's not who we're focused on as a, as a client. We're focused to address the needs of the event professionals themselves. That's interesting you say that because um, there are a lot of examples and scenarios where, uh, especially in the software industry and especially in the events industry, where theoretically a platform or a system could be expanded to do different things and it could do this and it could do that and it could do this as well. And, and do you think it's important for software suppliers or for technology suppliers to actually do something really well, focus on one particular aspect and do it really, really well, even if they could be adapted to do other things? Yes. And not only I think it's important, I actually think it's, it's critical. I do think that if, and that's the reason why many startups, not only in the events industry and software vendors and providers have actually gone out of business is because they try to do too many things too quickly, right? So I think in order for us to scale and, and to keep on adding value to the industry, as, as my job is, as CEO is to make sure that we do the right things in the right order. Mm-hmm. And the right order is critical because you can do the right things in the wrong order and you're going to fail. If you do the right things in the right order, it's the only way you can succeed. And as they say, only the paranoid survive, right? <laughs> so, so we need to, to make sure that we execute according to our product roadmap, to our plan, and make sure that we add value in the industry at stages. Yeah. And that's why exactly the way you said, James, we're focused now on, on the, specifically on organizers as, as, as clients and specifically actually on sponsors and exhibitors. That's the data sets that we're very focused on then we're going to, and across different industries, starting with information technology, because it's also that element to it, right? You cannot only focus on a product development standpoint, but you also need to focus on an industry standpoint. You cannot go after all the industries at the same time, right? So yeah, sure. we're focused on information technology and pharma and medicine right now. And then we're going to open up to business services and we're going to open up to all the other uh, industries that are covered. So the, so the other that sectors that... Exactly. Sure. And, and, and again, that, that's a very important point because, you know, when we talk about the events industry, let's talk about conferences and, 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 and trade shows. You know, there is a conference and there is a trade show for every type of business and every type of industry in the world, whether that's agriculture, pharmaceuticals, footwear, fashion, clothing, sports, machinery, engineering, every industry and every sector that has a place uh, it, it, has a conference and somewhere where people go to meet up and, and as you said it's important to just maybe focus as you've done on 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 doing certain ones of those really really well and strongly before moving on to the next one yeah exactly james and and to that point as 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 you mentioned before we have about twenty thousand plus conferences already in trade shows that includes both already on to our platform there are about two hundred and fifty thousand that take place per year in the u.s and about 11,000 trade shows. So as you can see, because of that structured approach, we're already about 15 to 20% penetration into the entire market set. And we've been only around for a few months, right? For essentially 12 months. Mm -hmm. So imagine where we're gonna be a year or two years from now. I I think it's very realistic to to capture, we'll never get 100%, that's obviously impossible, but I do think it's it's very possible to get 80 plus percent of the entire entire, data sets out there when it comes to the 250,000 conferences in about 11,000 trade shows. Sure. And those are the ones that matter, right? I'm not talking about meetups and small groups, small meetings. Those obviously are not on our platform. You 10 people getting together. <laughs> they're not going to be on conference polls. Yeah. But, uh, but, but as far as people go when they, when they wanted to source 
sponsors or information exactly. relating to, to, to the large events. That, that's where they go. And, and this is all about saving people's time, isn't it? Right, exactly. Time and in a way also save them money because uh, for both sides, if you think about how, how much, how much uh, people, uh, organizers need to allocate for their sales teams to go out there and collect this information and, and put it together and then actually go and find the right people to contact within the different sponsors, that's a big, big uh, task which takes a lot of time and time equals money. So I would say we do both, right? By, by saving a ton of time, save a ton of money for, for organizers. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's an obvious thing to say, but um, you, could, you could phone up a company or you can email a company, you could get the, the opportunity to go in and speak to them and you go through all the process and the time that's spent to set up that meeting to find out that actually uh, when you go to that meeting, they turn around and they say to you, oh, this is actually not the right type of event for us. You know, we tend to sponsor other to, to be able to actually input different demographics relating to the type and the size and the industry exactly. and the amount of attendees, et cetera, et cetera, and have all of those variables lined up in order to identify sponsors that have done similar things, you know straight away that you're going to be talking to people who actually are relevant to the type of event that you're operating. That's exactly right. And, and also, I think even before you get to the meeting, the time you save by, by deciding which meeting to go to, um, and also I would, the other value I would argue is that organizers can put together a much better marketing campaign to get to a meeting, if you know what I mean. If you have all the intelligence, you can email the right people and send them a very personalized email versus just generic sales emails where based on the data you have gotten from conference posts, you can personalize the email mm -hmm. and then obviously increase your, your likelihood of getting a response drastically. Sure. Right? Because it's going to be very personalized. You can say, I know, I know for a fact that you can sponsor about 40 events. Your average number of attendees is about 1,500 people. My event matches that very closely. That's why I think there is potential fit here. And you can, you can speak very specifically about specific speakers that those uh, sponsors have sponsored, mm -hmm. the events that they have spoken at. And this way, by me, if I'm a, the potential sponsor and I get a very personalized email like that, uh, the likelihood of me responding is much higher than getting the generic emails that everybody else sends me, right? Of course. So that, that's a differentiator as well for you as an organizer. Of course. And this is a classic thing about digital data now, isn't it? You know, people are bombarded with so much information that exactly. in order to actually cut through all that information, you have to be so specific, don't you? You have to be able to say something to somebody that captures their attention within 10 or 15 seconds, maybe that's even right. less. That's it, yes. You have, to be very, you have to be relevant. You have to be specific. You have to be accurate with whatever message you're sending out to somebody. Yeah, exactly right. And, and, and that's about exactly the time I think people spend between five to 10 seconds to decide whether they keep on reading. Mm. So if you can get them that very specific information that they're like, wow, this person did their homework, mm. that's what matters, right? Because then people almost feel an obligation to respond because they know you spend the time to do the, your homework. Absolutely. And I hope you care, care I, enough to do the homework, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope, I, hope that, uh, I hope that in five to ten seconds we've captured people's attention today and that they've, uh, they've listened so all too. the way to the end of today's <laughs> all the way to the end of today's podcast by being captured within the first ten five to ten seconds of what we were what we're talking about and on that on that note we have been talking to Val Sarnev Val is the CEO and co-founder of Conference Pulse um, conferencepulse.com is the website to head over and find out a bit more about them as Val has said during today's podcast um, they're based uh, he's in New York City at the moment moment and very much based um, in the USA at the moment but um, no doubt as, 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 uh, as good software like this and as good services that are offered
offering a, a real uh, benefit to the industry, become bigger and grow. Um, this will expand. And uh, and I know that we've got conference uh, organizers and we've got listeners to the podcast who tune in from all over the world. Even though we're based in the UK, I know that there'll be people listening to this and watching this that uh, are tuning in from the USA as well. So if, uh, if anybody out there wants to get in touch with Val, conferencepulse.com is the place to go. And I'm sure you can find out a bit more about them. Val, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure. And I only want to add also that we offer a free trial so people can come and try us out when they go to conferencepulse.com. Absolutely. And I saw that myself when I was looking on the website this morning. And, uh, and there's all sorts of great information and statistics on there. And, uh, and, uh, and you can find out more about what those guys are up to. Um, if you want to find out a bit more about what we're up to at Event Industry News, go to eventindustrynews.com and you can uh, go to the relevant sections of the website that uh, are best suited for, for the work that you do in the event industry. Our own podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 20. 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. And at that point, we come to the end of today's episode. Um, it's late afternoon for me here in the UK. It's still early in the morning there, I've no doubt, for Val. So hey, he's a full glorious New York day ahead of him um, to go and uh, continue the work that they're doing. Val, thanks again for joining the podcast today. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure. And, uh, and we'll see all of our podcast followers and listeners on the next episode of the Event Industry News Podcast. Thanks very much, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.